Hey, this is John Huseman. I'm the pastor of the Ark Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it draws you closer to God. Enjoy the message. I was Googling. I just gave it away. But I was Googling what the top websites are. Like, what are the, the top websites? So in America... Google is number one. And so every single day, 17 million Americans go to Google. Number two, any guesses? YouTube, actually. So YouTube is number two. Facebook is number three. Google, 17 million. YouTube, 12 million. Facebook, 2 million. And if some of you are like, well, weather, where's weather.com? That is number 13 with 850,000 people checking the weather every single day. So, um, We have analytics on our website. And so I get a report every single month that shows what is the top page on our website people go to. So we have this page that says, need help on your faith, need help with peace, need help with marriage, need help with anxiety. We have messages. So any message we've ever done, you can go back on our website and listen to. Um, There's the pastor page, the about page, all that. Well, the top page last month was marriage. 1,600 new people went and looked at that page. I don't know what that is, but we're just going to keep moving along. Um, (laughs) Last month, 1,500 new users went and looked at that page. So what that tells me is like there's people searching. There's people searching for answers. There's people searching for hope. There's people searching for how do I have a healthy marriage? How do I have a healthy relationship? What are some answers that the word of God has? So today we're going to talk a little bit more about marriage, but I really believe if you start to take these principles and apply them into your life, whether you're single or married, it's really, really going to help you. So we're going to start in uh, Matthew 7. These are the words of Jesus, starting in verse 3. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Ouch. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye when all, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? He says, you hypocrite, take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So this, this is kind of a disease that has infected many, 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 many people in many, many, many relationships. We're calling it the plank eye disease. It's not pink eye, right? It's not pink eye, but it's a plank. It's like, I, I got a plank in my own eye, but I, I am great at seeing your issues and I'm great at seeing your issues and I'm great at pointing out your problems. And I'm wonderful at telling you what's wrong with you and you and you, but I got a plank and I, I can't see the issue that's in my own life. So what's, what's, what's the cure? How do I get rid of plank eye disease? Well, today we, we all face relational struggles. Today we all face challenges. And so maybe there's, a, maybe there's some of you today that you, you, you saw that and you're like, we're living that. You're not raising your hand now, but you're like, we're, we're in that place. That song could be a tribute to how our marriage is right now. Some of you, you're like, I'm not married. I don't have any plans to be married. I'm not even sure why I'm here today, you know? Um, We're gonna give you some biblical strength. We're gonna give you some biblical hope where it's like how you relate to a coach, how you relate to a teacher, how you relate to your parents, how you relate to a friend. 
All these things are going to help you. So no matter where you are today, I just, I believe there's hope. I believe there's strength. I believe you're going to take away things from God's word. That's actually going to help. So the first thing I want to highlight today, there's three things. First thing is this, we have to focus on becoming who God wants me to be. I have to focus on who God wants me to be. God has a plan for my life. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for you. So we have to focus more on who God wants us to be instead of changing the person that God has brought into our life. So we'll just do a quick poll. Um, How many people here you are married? Raise your hand if you are married. Okay. So quite a few. How many people that you are, you marry, you are married, you married someone that's a little bit different than you. Raise your hand. You didn't marry an exact clone of yourself. Right. Okay. So, um, single people take note. Okay. So it's like, I, you might, if you're, if you're single, you might be looking for a female version of yourself or a male version. I, I don't know, but, um, you're typically going to marry someone different. Introvert marries an extrovert, uh, person, morning person marries a night person right? Someone that's like a little bit more relaxed, marry someone a little bit more adventurous. Like that's, that's really typical. Like that happens all the time. So Paula Abdul wrote a song called Opposites Attract. And remember like the cartoon cat and the music video, like MTV 1990s. Okay. So um, she wrote this song called Opposites Attract. Well, what, what Paula didn't tell us was opposites at first attract, then they attack. And that's true. The thing that you love about them at the very beginning, oh man, they are so relaxed. I just, man, nothing really phases him at all. Like nothing phases him at all. Like it's wonderful. It's like, he's not like all the other guys that I've dated, blah, blah, blah. So then it's like, you're in a relationship, you get married five years later, you're like, he is a lazy bum. I can't get him to do anything, right? So it's like, well, at first, that's the thing that attracted you. Now you're like attacking it, right? You could be like, man, I love being in relationship with her. Like, she's awesome. Like, she'll, she'll come to the game with me. She'll watch football with me. Like, we'll, we'll talk every single night. It's a, I've never had this before. It's amazing. Fast forward the tape. She's a leech. She will not leave me alone. I can't get any time. By, right? So at, at first, it's like opposites attract. But then we tend to attack each other. And if we really are honest with ourselves, we're we're frustrated because they're not acting like me. They're not reacting like me. We want them to talk like me, react like me, respond like me, think like me, do like me. Like we, we're really frustrated because we're not getting the response that we want. And instead of just kind of embracing differences, we start to get attack. We attack, we attack, we attack. Typically, there's two things that that we do during this. It's like we either get hysterical or historical. If you're Italian, you're a little bit more prone towards the hysterical. You get loud. Okay, you're going to get loud. We're going to turn up the volume. Like, we're going to take this to another level. Like, we're not sure you want. I'm sure none of you have ever experienced this at home. So you're going to have to try really hard just to, right? So you get hysterical. The other part is you get historical, You've always been like this back in 1999, blah, blah, blah. You remember my birthday and our 10 year Do you remember this? You remember, your mama was like, and your grandmama, and you're, you get historical. So we, we either get hysterical or we get historical. And I know for me personally, when I usually get in one of these two ways, I can trace it back to an issue that I have, an insecurity that I have. 
a fear that I have, that it's really not my wife's fault, my kid's fault, coach's fault, team's fault. It's really an issue that I have within me. And so to enjoy the diversity, you got to embrace the differences. So we, we, we cannot want the person to be another version of us. You can't be like, I married you. I love you. Now you be like me. You think like me. You act like me. You talk like me. I've done that many times. Don't be judging me. Don't be, don't be looking at me. It's like, yeah. Or it's like, why don't you think like me? Why don't you talk like me? Why don't you act like me? Well, because they're different. So if you're married and you married someone different than you, they're a hundred percent normal. They're supposed to be that way. They're different than you. It's wonderful, right? So it's like, how do we get into the right mindset? We have to focus on who God's asked us to be. We have to say, what God, what have you asked me to do? Who have you called me to be? I'm going to be the person that you've asked me to be. I'm not going to try to change them. I'm not going to try to, you know, do this or do that or fix this or fix that. I'm not going to keep harping on the same thing. I'm going to be the person that God asked me to be. So we don't travel very often, but I, I, I know when we get to an airport, there's something that we are going to do because my wife loves to do this. So when we get to an airport, we are going to go to the gate. Doesn't matter if we're two hours early. It doesn't matter if the food court is right here and we haven't eaten in 10 hours. We're going to walk past the food court and we're going to go to gate A21 to make sure A21 exists and there's a plane and there's everything. We're doing it. I've tried for 20 years to fix this behavior. I've tried for 20 years to rationalize and strategize. No more. We are, hey, where's our gate number? A21. Yes, ma'am. Let's go to A21. We're going to go here. Once we get here, there's peace. Let's go to Chick-fil-A. Okay, let's walk another mile and back here, right? So I've embraced it. You might think that's, that's really, really dumb and silly, but it's real. So many couples spend years trying to change them, trying to fix, trying to, it doesn't cost me that much. I got extra steps in. That's it. Right. But we try so hard to make them be like us. There's already a you. God made you. He made you individually. He made you unique. He made you special. We don't need another version of you. Okay. So, um, we don't need another version of John. Like we, he's made you that way on a purpose. So I, here's what I got to do. I got to be more committed to becoming a better version of myself rather than getting them to become another version of myself. I'm not trying to create another version of me. You married someone different than you. You married someone that processes different, that thinks different. At the beginning, you were attracted to that. So now it's like, I have to embrace that. I have to be okay with that. If God wanted another John Huseman, he would have made one. Thank the Lord, we only got one. Okay, so, um, so when I'm frustrated, I have to take a step back and I say, God, what are you trying to work in me? God, what are you trying to do in me? I'm trying to be closer to you. I'm trying to be like you. So I'm not going to let this thing become the main thing that, I, God, you help me. I'm trying to be like you. God, you, you help me to be more kind. You help me to be more loving. You help me to not get easily angered. God, I'm trying to be like you. So this becomes our focus. The second thing, we have to become people who are not easily offended. 
we got to become people that we're not easily offended. Like, do you ever notice when you're frustrated or retelling the story, you use lines like, well, if he would have just this, and if she would have just this, and if, if they would have just said this, and all they had to do was just da-da-da-da-da, and if he would have, it's frustrated. It's easily offended. I got to take a step back and say, God, help me not to be easily offended. You're like, well, what, what, why do you want to do that? Well, I'm going to show you the Bible tells you to, but the, another thing, when you are easily offended, it's like someone stealing your peace. You have peace, you have joy, you're happy. Someone offends you and it's like, like all of a sudden it's like, I'm, I'm not that person anymore. It's like you allow someone to steal it from you. Here's what Proverbs 19.11 says. Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. And that's the Bible. That's not arguing against me. It's arguing against the, the, the word of God. Sensible people overlook wrongs. They overlook it. They overlook it. I was watching a, a coaching documentary and Doc Rivers, he's, he coached the, the Boston Celtics, coached the Clippers, uh, coaches the 76ers. I'm not sure if he's going to have a job next year or not, but he's, he's coached a long time. He said the first thing he does with any team, beginning of the year, he walks right in and says, I am going to make mistakes. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to make the wrong call. He says, he tells his team that right away. I thought, well, yeah, of course he's human. We kind of expect people to be perfect. We expect people to respond exactly the way that we think they should respond. All the while, we're not doing that. We judge people by our motive. We're like, well, I intended this. I meant this. I surely I didn't mean that. But we judge other people by something totally different. It's like we have to be people that we're not easily offended. We have to be people that's like, okay, um, they didn't intend to slow me down. I don't know if you've ever driven in Salina before, but um, it doesn't take a long time to get anywhere. But there are people that do not drive the speed limit here. And I'd like to talk to those people. I'm sure none of you are those people. But if I happen to be running late, someone that decides going 25 in a 35, they, they hop right in front of me. <gasps> right? So in my mind, they did it on purpose. They're against me. They're attacking me. Like, what are these people doing? Right? So um, can't be easily offended. They're not trying to hurt me. They're not trying to disrupt my peace. They didn't intend to come at me and say this and say this and say this. Well, we have to do that in relationship. We have to, in relationship, not be easily offended. We give the benefit of the doubt. We're not people that we're just going to let someone else take our peace. So one of the best indicators of me being easily offended or not offended is how selfish I am, how self-absorbed I am. I'm not saying that's how you are, but that's how I, I, when I'm easily offended and I'm upset, I'm thinking a lot about me. We could have done the Kobe, the Toby Keith song. Want to talk about me? Want to talk about I? Want to talk about number one? Oh my, me, my. That's why Taylor doesn't let me sing. That's, that's exactly why. But when I'm selfish, I start to get offended. Well, why didn't they do this? Well, they should have done this. Well, if they would have known, da 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 then they wouldn't have da-da-da-da-da. Oh, I know what they're trying to do. They're not trying to do that. No one is trying to do that. But when I'm focused on me, this is what goes through my mind. Because now I'm putting my hope, my joy, my peace 
in someone else's hands. And I'm saying, if you treat me exactly how you, I want to be treated, then I'll have peace and hope and joy. But if I'm not treated that way, boy, I'm going to be cranky and angry and frustrated and bitter. And why would we give people that power? Jesus gives us peace. Jesus gives us hope. Jesus gives us life. He's like, I want to give you life and life to the full. So I'm not going to be easily offended. I'm trying hard to be like him. Even in marriage struggles, even in the middle of conflict, it's like, I, I want to be like him. I know how I am when I'm selfish. It's not good. I don't want to be selfish. I want to be like him. So first thing we have to be like Jesus. We got to determine I'm going to be more like him. I can't be offended. The second thing, the third thing is I'm not going to allow my feelings to do my thinking. I'm not going to allow my feelings to do my thinking. We all have feelings. That lets us know when the room is too cold, the room is too hot. Some of you think the room is always too cold here. Okay, so it's like your feelings tell you what to feel. Your mind, your will tells you what to think. So I'm not going to let my feelings do my thinking. When you're looking at your relationships and you feel like there's some friction, there's some conflict, make sure you don't let your feelings do your thinking. A lot of relationships fail because they're based more on chemistry than they are on commitment. It's like, okay, great relationships. They always start with chemistry. You always, you always start that way. But can I just tell you, love, it's not a feeling. Love is a choice. If you're a child, your parents don't always feel like loving you. <laughs> I feel like spanking my children often or running away because I can't handle what they're doing. Right? So I, I don't always feel, but I, I choose to love my kids. I choose, I'm committed. The rest of my life, I'm committed to love them. The rest of my life, I'm committed to love my wife. The rest of my life, I'm committed. So love is not a feeling. Feelings change. Love is a commitment. So I, I've, I've made a choice. I am committed. I don't let my feelings do my thinking, right? So it's like you, 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 you start off with all this chemistry, but commitment will always trump chemistry, Chemistry comes and goes, but, but commitment will stay. Chemistry will deceive you. Commitment will save you. So your, your feelings change all the time. I was having this conversation with my um, soon-to-be 15-year-old son, and I was like, remember that girl you liked uh, two years ago? Do you, do you still like her? He's like, no, Dad, no. That's ridiculous. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so your feelings change. He's like, well, yeah, Dad, of course. I didn't know I was so stupid. You know I mean? I'm, I'm on the height of stupidity. Once he gets to 16, then I'll be really, really dumb, right? So um, my feelings change. My feelings change all the time. But, but God-honoring relationships are not based on feelings. They're based on commitment. And so your feelings don't do your thinking. My will does my thinking. I have chosen. I'm committed to God. I'm a servant of God. I follow Jesus. I do what he asked me to do. I respond how he wants me to respond. I'm not going to let any unwholesome talk come out of my mouth. I'm trying hard not to do that. I'm not going to be easily offended. I'm going to give grace. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to not be self-seeking. I'm not going to be easily angered. I want to be kind and patient. This is what Jesus has asked me to do. You know, it's interesting that we're talking about emotions. Anger is an emotion. Ephesians 4.26, it says, in your anger, do not sin. Anger is an emotion. Now, the Bible actually says anger is not a sin. 
It says, in your anger, do not sin. So it's like, I can be angry. I can be upset and I still don't have to sin. So I got to figure out when I'm angry, how to process. I got to figure out how to, how to strategize, how to walk away. I got to figure out some successful things for me when I'm angry and I'm upset, how to pull back, not stay in that mindset. But in my anger, I don't have to sin. So you can, you can be angry and not sin. That's possible. With God's help, you can do that. You can feel sad or discouraged, but that doesn't mean you give up. You can feel afraid, but that doesn't mean you run away. Feelings tell us how to feel, not how to think. So your emotions can tell you how to feel, but they shouldn't tell you how to live. I follow what God says. I follow the word of God. I've made the decision. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my savior. So I'm going to follow him. I'm going to do what he says to do. How do I do that? Isaiah 26, three, it says, you'll keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. When my thoughts are fixed on the Lord, that's when I have peace. Not when I get a promotion, not when I get a new car, not when I finally get that super successful person to date me, not when the coach notices me, not when I score a touchdown, no. I will be in perfect peace when my thoughts are fixed on the Lord, fixed on the word of God, fixed on what God says, not on me, not on my wants, not on my desires, but fixed on who God is and what he says. That's how I have peace. Jesus says, I am the Prince of peace. He's like, I'll give you peace. Unlike anything else in this whole world, he has peace for us. So I got to have my thoughts fixed on the Lord. That means I got to know what God's word says. I got to say the word of God. I got to think the word of God. Then I begin to have peace. Yesterday I was doing some yard work. It was like one of those days, you know, it's like, it's perfect. It's like 60 degrees. So I'm like, okay, I got energy for the gutters. So I got my ladder out and I got up there and I got to, and I started digging out the gutters. We have a lot of gutter gook in the gutters. I don't know what to call it, but it's disgusting. So I, I, I got all the gutters. I was like, oh, that's only been, you know, maybe like 45. I still got more energy. I'm like, let's trim, let's trim back some trees. Let's trim some bushes. Let's do it. So I just, I kept, I kept working. I kept working. Then I had the thought, let's pull some weeds. It's only been like an hour and a half. Like, let's just pull some weeds. That thought was from the devil. I should not have continued on, but I, I mean, it was great weather. So I just, I just kept going. I kept going. I kept going. <laughs> 15 minutes in, I'm like, I should get weed killer and destroy this whole backyard. <laughs> this is ridiculous. There are weeds everywhere. And then we have this backyard and then it's like right in front of my kids' windows that, it, that there's, oh man, there's just weeds everywhere. I'm like, I should kill everything. This is horrible. But there's grass, we have a dog, he needs a place to go. I mean, there's, there's good soil there. There's good things there. And I started praying about today. I started praying about the message. I started praying about marriages. And I was like, God help people to see it's not worth it just to destroy everything. It's not worth it just to put weed killer on the whole thing. I know there's struggles. I know there's weeds, but God help, help them, help them, help them. And so I just start picking weeds. God help this marriage. Pick this weed, pick this weed. I have a whole dumpster full of weeds right now. You can come to my house. You'll see it. It's just a whole dumpster full where it's like, it's going to take work. It's going to take effort. You're going to have to prune some things. You're going to have to make some adjustments, but the end, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. It won't be perfect. If 
you come look at my yard right now, you'll be like, you did work? I'm like, yes, I did actually. It's not gonna be perfect. The goal isn't perfect. The goal is like, I will get better. I'll get better. I'll get better. You know, I bought a, a Sports Illustrated this, this week. Um, $11 for a Sports Illustrated, just, just in case you're wondering. Um, I used to read this every week. My dad used to get this, used to bring it home. I used to love reading this every week. You know, for 66 years, they did it every single week. They don't do that anymore. They do it once a month. They made an adjustment after 66 years to switch their process, to switch their, their whole MO, switch everything to make an adjustment. Maybe you've been married for 66 years. You can make an adjustment. Maybe you've been married for six years. You can make an adjustment. Maybe you've been married for six months. We always can make an adjustment. We always can change. We can always become better. We can always become people who are more and more and more like God. So the goal is not perfection. The goal is how do I get a little bit better? Let me pray for you as we close. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that you will help us stay in perfect peace when our thoughts are fixed on you. We fix our thoughts on you. We fix our eyes on you. Jesus, we say we trust you. We love you. We need you. Help us. Help us be more like you. Thank you for these marriages that are represented in this room. Thank you for the calling and the plan and the purpose of God that is on each and every person. Thank you. Help us, God. Help us. As your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, maybe you're here today. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Maybe you did that a long time ago, but you just, you find yourself a little off track. You find yourself today saying, I want to rededicate my life today, maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time. I'm, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you stand up. You don't have to come to the front. I just want to pray with you right there as you sit in your seat. So if today you're saying, I'm dedicating my life back to God. I'm going to make him be my Lord. I'm going to make him be my, my Savior. I'm dedicating myself to him today. If that's you today, do something super simple. Just raise your hand. Say, pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Yep, 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 yep. Pray for me. Yep, 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 yep. You can put your hands down. God sees your hand. God sees your heart. Let's say this prayer is one big family together. Repeat after me. Say, dear God, I ask you to come into my life and to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I confess that I've sinned, but I'm asking you to forgive me, to heal me, and to redeem me. Today, God, I dedicate my life fully to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Let's celebrate life change. I, I love that we have life change every single week. So if you're like, I raised my hand, I'm not sure what to do. Well, first thing is that you tell somebody and then the second thing is you just keep coming back. You just keep coming back. Come back to a place where you can be around a group of believers in a community of faith. You can be part of something bigger than yourself. So uh, one more reminder, wear your serve day shirt next Saturday. Be here before 8.30. Don't be late, okay? Be here. We're all going to rally together. Then we're going to go out and serve. Next Steps class today, it'll start at 11.45. So if you want to go to that, I'll meet you over in the Next Steps room. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.